Laura Croft, colon, Tomb Raider, and dash, The Cradle of Life. Not Shenmue the movie, because someone doesn't consider that a real movie. It's not. <laughs> Released <laughs> July 25th, 2003. I'm Dylan Vento. I'm Nick Nundall. Overly harsh film critic Nick Nundall. <laughs> and this is Attract Mode. Uh, but not too overly harsh because you're still watching these movies. That's right. Yeah. Like there is a line and it is actually a pretty low bar, it turns out. But the bar exists. Yeah. We almost tripped over it. <laughs> <laughs> it's there. So do we need to talk about that? Do we need to say like we were going to do Shenmue here? Yes. But Shenmue the movie is not a movie. <laughs> it is a movie. It has a movie right in the title. No, they can't. I could put. I, I could title anything anything yeah and it still doesn't make it a movie <laughs> welcome to attract mode the movie it's a cutscene. it's a prolonged set of cutscenes from the first game arranged in a movie-like way and they call it a movie they they say that we saw that on the wikipedia movie-like format in a, a movie-like configuration configuration yeah anytime you have to justify it like that i think you've got a problem so we skipped that one yes maybe that'll get done as like a bonus episode sometime Yes. But but we're going into the next real movie which is <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that bar's low. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Laura Croft. Laura Croft to Tomb Raider. Oh, that oh my god, could you imagine if they had done the number 2 MB Laura Croft Tomb uh it basically is about as cheesy as that throughout. What's so funny is on Wikipedia for this movie, like the first entry is like critics said this was this movie was better than the first, but still not great. <laughs> I would say it's not better than the first. Uh, but also I was like, well, what critics? And they reference like one critic in the later section of the article where you know one person was like, it's better than the first, <laughs> like casually comments that. Like, yeah. Okay. That, yeah, that person speaks for all critics, I guess. Yeah. You got the one yeah the i think i like this movie more than the first one i think really si simply wait well hold on um i think i i hated that first movie when we were done with it like <laughs> i hate it like it like it did something to my soul it's probably my yeah. least favorite movie that we've seen every now and then this podcast will just do that where you you know you watch something and you're like left broken for days after <laughs> where at least i am yeah. yeah and i uh it, it's just the most schlockiest bullshit it's that it's that early aughts filmmaking mm -hmm. that just mm -hmm. i just hate so much it's what it's what gave us shitty blockbusters like the transformers movie in my opinion yeah oh yeah it all leads up to that for sure and it was still an entertaining watch from another perspective of like this is so dumb and we're having a lot of fun making fun of it that's what I took out of it. Sure. I think this one, since I was already like expecting the terrible, terrible schlock, 
mm-hmm. I hated it less. Interesting. Yeah. So it's not it's not like I liked it more. I hated it less. It helps that I I knew what we were going into for the first one, I guess. I grew up in that era of terrible action tropes. And so like everything that I was watching was familiar to me and it was like going back and, you know, hanging out with my uncles growing up and them showing me a terrible movie all over again. Um, and, and that, that was kind of like, you know, there was a bit of nostalgia and also I could make fun of it for being terrible at the same time. Sure. Um, and, and I, I felt very similarly about this one. I think this movie is bizarrely worth a watch just for how terrible it is. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is a fun kind of strange. Yeah, it's uh, it's some of the choices they make in this movie are bananas. Yeah, I mean, they they packed it to the gills with like locations and technology and action scenes like this movie is so full to the point where it becomes tiresome by the end. Um and and it's so showy for all the fullness that it has, you know. Like, look at this wild, crazy invention that just came out. I I found out um, doing some reading on it. The uh, there's a scene in the movie, late in the movie, where they like just get in some wingsuits and jump off of a building. And I have to imagine this was like the first time that was done in a movie because apparently the people in the wingsuits are the inventors of the wingsuits. Wow. <laughs> they just put on a fake Angelina Jolie wig on one of them and said, jump off this building and fly through Hong Kong. And, uh, and, and, and like all the footage does feel like almost like it would be like on a demo VHS for like, buy your own wingsuit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, there's no, yeah, there's no, it's not dynamic at all. And no. it's not, it's not fairly like you compare that to something too. And I know that's mostly CG, but you compare it to something like, uh, like the wingsuit scene in, uh, Falcon and the winter soldier, or like even, even less. So something like even, that, like point, even break like amateur, something. like GoPro people out there in the world today put out more exciting wingsuit footage and like if you just go on YouTube and search for wingsuit footage, you'll see people like diving through canyons and you're like, oh, my God, he's going to hit something. And they don't because they're so good at it. And also perspective is making it look like he's a lot closer. They, they are a lot closer than they should be. Um, but but in the movie, it looks so safe and so distant from any object and almost like they're just like very gently floating across Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, but it must have been like to somebody behind the scenes they were like this is the coolest thing ever and i get the sense that that's this whole movie everything is like oh my god this is so cool yeah i mean (laughs) and that's like one of the the achilles heels of of action blockbusters right it's that someone somewhere in a writing room or executive or boardroom thought like this would be really cool and then Mm -hmm. it just doesn't translate and it's like the makings of a good movie that is not right yeah and and it's really funny because like some of the characters return from the first movie. You got like Laura's butler and her like tech guy, and they are barely in this film. Mm-hmm. They are just like they like cut to a shot of them. It's like yep, they're here, and then cut away as quick as they can. And it's to be fair, like they don't need to be a big part of a movie about Laura Croft going on an adventure. No, but I, I was just surprised they even brought them back. I well, thought they would th- just like yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, them being there, but barely being there is exemplary of the fact that it's like, oh, like, you could see where this could have been more of a character-driven 
oh yeah story in like building upon the past relationships that these characters these pre-established mm-hmm. characters already have um but they don't and it's it's just one of the examples of like why this is a bad movie yes <laughs> yeah no you're absolutely right those characters are there almost as props like they do affect the plot in a particular way towards the end of the movie but they're mostly just there to be like these guys were here remember mm-hmm. um and like there's no deep interaction with them of any kind there's no like continual growth they're just the exact trope they were in the last movie you know at the end of the last movie yeah um so let's get into it let's get into yeah. Lara croft tomb raider and dash the cradle of life um this movie starts in the weirdest way. Well, first off, we got to talk about the the, the subaquatic uh, the titles, <laughs> the title yeah. cards. Yeah, so it's like the title logos for Paramount Pictures and was it Mutual Film Company. Is yes. that the one? Yeah. Yes, Mutual like, Film. Yeah, the most generically named film studio or whatever they are. Um, but uh, their their logos, and I guess the idea is they're supposed to be projected onto the surface of water, or that's how the shot was accomplished. But it looks like they're like rising out from under the water almost. Like the logos are underneath the surface and and like coasting along. Yeah, I mean, what um, it looks like to me because like it's not even they're not even they don't look like they're projected on the water because they don't look like they're at the angle. Like they're not catching the light yeah, in that way. Yeah. What they look like is that someone got a a, a dot MP4 or dot and, and reduce the opacity of <laughs> the layer the opacity over top the water as the water as the camera was <laughs> yeah. running across the surface of the water that's what that's what it is so it's yeah it's like we're, we're a camera affixed to the front of a boat coasting over the water and then yeah that opacity layer was reduced on the title cards yeah um why <laughs> like so again another thing where I, I guarantee you someone behind the scenes was like this is cool like every decision in this movie at least carries that feeling with it where somebody thought it was cool even if it is totally not at all cool in the present day and age sure well here's the thing right it's like in order for you to get really good really interesting title card introductions or you know really cool shots really innovative stuff like someone has to experiment on that someone has yes. to make the bad choice and yeah. learn from that i mean the you know they could have tried it out in the editing bay and then be like that doesn't look very good and then just right. done regular you know uh, uh film title cards but they didn't um but someone but like to the benefit of movie makers going forward from that point they're able to look at that and it's like ah that doesn't look very good or like how could i do that to make it look better or like what would i adjust uh so it does have that it has that educational benefit <laughs> this is an educational film yes 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 uh, <laughs> a, a, a training in a lack of restraint Right. Yes. Also, archaeology. Talk oh, to right. every intro yeah. archaeology student. <laughs> Almost every fact in this movie is wrong. If you check out the like <laughs> IMDb goofs section, it's like she references this date. Nothing of that sort happened at this date. She references this volcanic explosion. There was no volcano in that region. She references like every fact uttered in this movie is just patently wrong. That's the magic <laughs> of movie making, Nick. We can yeah. just make believe these historical events actually happened. Yeah, it's so good, though. So we get to this cut. Um, we cut to this fucking big fat Greek wedding that has nothing to do with the, the plot of the movie at absolutely all. does not i like I, I was just racking my brain right before we started this recording like wait a minute what is that scene what 
what is happening in this opening scene? It's a big Greek wedding. Everyone's having fun on this like coastal Mediterranean villa. Um, they're like dancing up on a rooftop and, you know, everybody's having a good time. And then everything starts shaking and they do that with the like most basic in camera, like shake left and right effect. Uh huh. Um, yeah. And, uh, and everybody starts screaming and rocks start tumbling down. And I, I think I realized the only reason this is here is because they wanted that cut to the logo. Like, so the rocks tumble down the hill and they like crash into the water. And then our camera switches to looking up at the sky from underneath the water so we can watch the rocks coming down on us. But at some point the rocks stop being like a prop crashing into water and they start dropping in CG rocks and the title, which is Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, the cradle of life, like all in like one big stack of letters. That's almost impossible to read yeah. in a chunky CG. Like it itself is made to look like chunky rocks. And that like flies at you. It almost feels like it was supposed to be like in 3D and they just didn't finish <laughs> doing that. Um, but, but like otherwise, I have no idea what the purpose of the earthquake scene is for this whole movie. I mean, there there is some plot relevancy to the next scene, but yeah, I mean, you're talking about prop rocks. I don't even think there were prop rocks in that scene because if there, you, no, I, there were. There like I think they were like model size, but there's there's a sure, couple that okay. crashed into the water. Okay, yeah, but I do I do I'd be I'd be remiss if I didn't point out the terrible CG car that also falls off the side <laughs> yeah. of the cliff and crashes. It's like this yeah. fucking like toyota camry like red toyota camry that just like teeters over the edge and it's the most cartoonish looking car that like crashes apart and then explodes yeah i wanted to go back to that um because i just like all all you know when you see it is like this looks wrong (laughs) like i can't even like process what it was but yeah you've got these various cg rocks various prop rocks falling and then the logo um, and then it's pretty much we're on the boat with some guys who are talking about other guys on boats, right? Yeah. These guys on this boat, they're pointing at other guys on other boats. It's like, look at them. They're getting stuff. And the other boats are like dredging stuff out of the Mediterranean. And there's like a big statue of some sort. Yeah. So presumably like the earthquake unearthed something. Yes. Yeah. Unnecessary, I guess. Yes. <laughs> Because it certainly didn't unearth the whole plot. It just kind of got them started. Yeah, it's it's the most inefficient way to communicate to have your kind of um, call to action. Uh, but so we have these random dudes shouting at other random dudes on two separate like fishing boats. And then out in the distance, what should we see but... Angelina Jolie herself, Laura Croft, Lady Croft. In a bikini. In a bikini. On a jet ski. On a jet ski. And she <laughs> fucking wakes the fish, the guys in this fisherman boat like multiple times mm-hmm. and then does a ridiculous backflip with <laughs> the jet ski. Yeah. All to just show off for just no reason. Like, yeah. She is, and presumably these guys are her employees. Like, they work for her. She's super rich. Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, as we saw in the last movie, uh, as people know from the video games. she's She 
has hired this boat that she didn't get on when they went out. She <laughs> drives up to with her jet ski just to splash them with her jet ski and then show off and be like, I'm the coolest boss. <laughs> like, and whereas now they're just like agitated and like, yeah, like, oh God, she's fucking, she's fucking doing the jet ski thing. Yeah, like, but just, she's paying just... us a lot. So just smile, just smile. All right. Hi, Laura. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are they looking for, Nick? Well, they, they're trying to find some sunken treasure, a particular Luna temple, I believe is what it was. Uh-huh. Um, this, this long lost uh, place where Alexander the great, I guess he built it. And he stored some some kind of treasure in there, treasures from all around the world, whatever. And uh, everybody, all the other fishing boats that they were just pointing out, those are dredging up treasure following a particular direction that they're following. Oh. But Laura Croft, Laura Croft, super genius, has a computer <laughs> and she has mapped out the current which I guess drifted the temple away. I don't understand. A computer this, a, a computer brought to you by the fine folks at Panasonic. Yes, this whole movie brought to you by Panasonic. Every gadget is a Panasonic gadget, um, which is funny because I have to reveal here, I watched the deleted scenes for this movie since we saw it. Oh my God, I didn't, Nick. I couldn't get enough. <laughs> You're the biggest Lara Croft Tomb Raider fan. I guess I am. <laughs> So I went and watched the deleted scenes and there is a part uh, that we'll get to very shortly. But when she meets up with the nerdy guy from the first movie um, and he's like, Laura, I, you know, you you go on these crazy adventures. You take all my my top of the line high tech gear and you disrespect it. You're constantly breaking my gear. It's like you don't respect me. And it was like such a like added, you know, like forced like oh this is the best possible gear that you can get um the little extra commercial for him just yelling at her for breaking his stuff yeah um but that's i'm jumping ahead so they're gonna they're gonna use their mapping system to figure out where the current has again taken the temple is that (laughs) i believe that's the implication here yes the temple has been shifted so dramatically not by tectonic plate movement not by uh, i guess what flooding of the region but like the current has just drifted it away. Um, and then the, the best part about that is they do find the temple. They um, another like, oh, my God, technology so cool. They get on these like scuba bikes. <laughs> They're like land speeders from Star Wars, but made to go underwater. Yeah. Um, which I'm pretty sure are a real thing. I think yeah, like, these, the little these personal, exist. Uh, submersibles. But I also, in addition to watching the deleted scenes, watched a little bit of the making of god what is wrong with you you have no reason to judge fucking the shenmue movie now oh i'm too good for this that's not a real movie oh but let me tell you about all these deleted scenes in Lara Croft. i will i will be telling you about them as we go but they uh the weirdest thing for me though is that the and i like i totally didn't get it while we were watching it but in retrospect i can see it now um, when they are going down on these little scuba bikes and uh, like, you know, like coasting through the water and bubbles are coming out of their scuba gear and everything, all of that was done on wires above water. They didn't film any of that underwater. What? Yeah. The scuba bikes are suspended from the ceiling. She is on it and just like flying around the room on these wires 
and then they, you know, composited in and color corrected and everything else to put her underwater. Is that was that cheaper to do? Like it, it must be, right? Or like I have no idea. Maybe she's just not good underwater for her like stunt stuff. I I don't know. She did I, a lot of her own stunts in this movie and had a stunt double, um, which we'll talk about that as well. Uh-huh. But like. I, I don't know I mean, why she wanted to be or why the director wanted to have it all up above water. Maybe the director doesn't do water stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I would do water. Yeah, I just don't. It's my contract. Um, okay. So they, they go down and as they, they find the temple like so easily, like yeah. I guess this computer like pinpointed it directly. They, they scuba, scuba bike down and a like they find an opening that leads into the temple from below. And this great white shark that looks like it came out of the actual PlayStation game, Laura Croft Tomb Raider, <laughs> just kind of like bursts out and swims by them within inches, but doesn't pay them any mind, doesn't care that they're there. Um, and uh, then they rise up out of the water. And I guess we are led to believe that this is an entire temple that has been airtight sealed for thousands of years sure under the mediterranean yeah um because the entire thing is submerged there's like cracks in the ceiling that now water is coming in but that seems like a recent development um because the temple's not full of water um and the guys uh and her just start loading up bags of gold plates and cups and things like that Mm -hmm. yeah and uh laura is kind of walking around uh the room there is like a giant figurehead or statue like kind mm-hmm. of in the in the in the main area and yeah, it's like a big long great hall greek hall yeah and th- there is there's this person there is this statue wearing this medallion that she takes uh she takes the medallion off of and then there's like this big bubble and it mm-hmm. like looks like a fucking dragon ball like it's just a giant <laughs> gold orb with like it looks like cuneiform or something like scribbled across it yeah or braille <laughs> like yeah. little dots yeah. yeah but it almost looks like it's like made of amber or something that's like mm-hmm. semi-translucent and it's got that kind of glowy reflectiveness to it yeah um so being the 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 tomb pillager that she is uh she's like i'm gonna get that and then yeah. like shimmies up what like with a face of a wall like yeah she just like climbs a sheer wall basically and then gets onto these bars that lead to the crystal like are suspending it up from three points yeah and for no reason at all does this weird like uh acrobatic roll on the bars like there's just the two guys watching her and she's just like head over you know butt tumbling towards the the ball she could have just walked or crawled or any normal way of conveying someone um but she gets there and and yeah she starts undoing uh, we should also mention this is where her panasonic camera comes into play mm-hmm. because she's like recording everything which is you know not terribly important but does come up later in the movie they use some of that to get some information i guess yeah um but yeah oh then the guys break in the right yeah the bad the guys baddies. the, the yeah. bad the bad men you know these guys are bad because both their submersible vehicles and themselves are all clad in black it's like yeah. ah thank you thank you yeah. movie laura's for... wearing like a silver scuba suit her guys yeah. have like blue and red on but these guys all black i think that is that like skin tight scuba suit she's wearing 
like game accurate. I feel like that's like pulled straight from. You're probably right. I wouldn't. I'm not sure about that one, but you're probably right. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So these guys uh come in, and the first thing they do is take out the two faceless guys. Or not? They're not faceless. We don't, we've seen their faces, but we might as well <laughs> not have seen their faces because they don't fucking matter. <laughs> they have uh, no faces. Yeah. And um. Uh, they the, the the bad guys all have harpoon guns, and so one of the guys takes this harpoon gun and kind of jabs one of the brothers in the back, and then the other <laughs> one just kind of takes a knife and slashes his throat. But the shot is so jarring and kind of like the composition is so off angle mm-hmm. that you can barely tell, and they cut away from it. It's like he the guy puts the knife to his throat and then like starts to cut. And then it cuts away, and but you like you know they they dub in like a sound effect or something. Mm-hmm. But as they're doing that sound effect, or like it's like it's like half a second delayed, they do the and then the guy goes Laura, and it's like you wouldn't be shouting right then because your vocal cords <laughs> were just slit. So um, yeah. you know, correction, please. Yeah, put that in the IMDb goof section. Missed yeah. one. yeah just one (laughs) just one they got they got a pretty good running yeah (laughs) thing here um so it ends up being that the the orb gets stolen by the bad guys and they uh the the ensuing fight between them laura has some kind of crazy like mini spear gun it's like figure it out it's like a six chamber revolver harpoon gun it is clearly designed for this purpose and this purpose alone yeah um but she kills a couple of the the baddies but the ensuing fight like either because of the earthquake and instability and water rushing in or because of their fight i'm not sure the whole temple starts to collapse or maybe taking the orb triggered like an Indiana Jones style. Like sure. You've removed the magic from this place, whatever. Um, which by the way, this movie just straight up like, I mean, and the last one too, but like there's just straight up magic, which always feels weird because they never give that magic enough, like basis in its own world. Like yep. there's not like gods to talk about or, or anything like that. Right. But yeah, there is just straight up magic. The orb does like project out light at one point in the temple where when she first notices it, it's just like radiating energy. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> the the temple collapses pretty good, actually. Like the floor rises up on probably a pneumatic like lifting thing, but um, since a guy, <laughs> I love that stunt. The, this guy, one of the bad guys, uh, gets like thrown into the air by the floor lifting and then has to do like this crazy hard fall onto his ribs. And I, I just wonder if he came away like actually fucked up that day and they were like, well, it's a good shot. Let's use it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I have an appreciation for that. <laughs> you, you know, you know, Aragorn actually broke his toe when he, when he kicked that helmet. <laughs> <laughs> right. Every guy must tell his girlfriend about that story every time they watch that movie. Um, but uh, with the temple collapse, Laura has to swim out, and in order to get to the surface, uh-huh. rather than swim up like I think any normal person would do, she takes out a knife, cuts her arm to get her blood into the water. Several people just died in this very same water. I think there's blood. If sharks are able to like sniff out blood in like what like you know however many parts per million of water. They're going to be smelling the blood already. 
But as soon as she slits her arm, the CG shark like whips around from the distance and comes charging at her. She punches it in the nose and uh, then grabs onto its fin. It's like dorsal fin and like rides it to the surface. Now, how'd she know the shark would go to the surface? Right. (laughs) Is she controlling the shark somehow? Yeah. What if he just went deeper after getting bunched? Yeah. And, And then the next part of this... She activates like a homing beacon on her to get help and then goes to sleep in the water, like yeah. hanging on to like a piece of driftwood, um, <laughs> still bleeding in the water where a great white shark has just tried to it's eat just her. At. He's like, okay, bye. I'm done now. And then they <laughs> say something like three days later. <laughs> and so she's just been chilling there and bleeding out and it's fine. It's totally fine. Laura it's absolutely okay knew exactly how much blood to, to let out of her arm mm-hmm. and then she willed herself to hold the rest <laughs> in <laughs> so sharks wouldn't mess with her well i mean she's in she's in a uh, salt water that that helps wounds right like i'm sure it'll after a yeah. little bit it'll it'll yeah seal up a little bit um but yeah so she is she comes to and she's still waiting for to be rescued and you're looking around you're like i don't i don't see any i don't see any rescue boat and then wouldn't you know it from beneath the waves a submarine rises a whale (laughs) (laughs) i thought for sure she was like she had just ridden the shark and now a whale is going to like eat her yeah (laughs) take me home free willy (laughs) yeah uh but this 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 submarine rises up out of out of the ocean out of the mediterranean and then this terrible sound stage green screen shot of all of uh, you know her friends from the previous movie you know her butler and the the other guy uh the her te- her q equivalent basically are all wearing life preservers and walk up to her passed out and like the 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 fucking the submarine rises up in the like the half of a rowboat that she's clinging onto as driftwood she kind of just rolls off and then just rolls down the length of the submarine until she hits the part where that like pokes up i don't know what you call that assemblage there but uh yeah and then they all walk up to her her butler by the way in her his fucking butler <laughs> suit <laughs> full on yeah like the the vest and tie and everything but also with a jacket uh, a life jacket around that um i wanted to point out here this part where when she uh is th- throughout this movie honestly when she is on the submarine there and it's like rising up she just like rubs her lips across the <laughs> surface of the submarine. And there's a few different times in this movie where her face is pressed against something or she's like groggy and having to get up and, and whatnot. And she just constantly, I some I wonder if that was her choice or a director's choice where they were like, just try to make everything look sensual. Like even waking up after nearly dying at the ocean in the ocean, get, just make out with the submarine a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, Um, but they bring her in, and then, and then we have a bizarre cut to on a plane, which made me think, oh, okay, so they picked her up on the submarine and then immediately brought her onto a plane. But no, uh, it is a voiceover talking about an accelerated form of Ebola. Yes. Um, and this is 
the voice of uh, Kieran Hines. Yeah. Um, actor Kieran Hines. I think it's uh, Cl- Claren. No, it's, it's Kieran. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, shit. <laughs> Me and my buddy it's, Ralph it's, Fiennes are going to yeah. go. <laughs> it's the well, eye with the like little triangle accent mark uh, over top. Um, and... Uh, and I and I was like still unsure based on that how to pronounce it, so I went and looked up an interview where he says his own name. <laughs> I've done some considerable research for this episode. Yeah, you love this movie, apparently. <laughs> um, but Kieran Hines is the big bad of our film, and he has, I guess, a group of like other super rich super villains, but he is the super richest super villain. And I think you said he's like also a Nobel Peace Prize winner. Yeah, they talk about him later that he's like a known Nobel Peace Prize winner, or not not Peace Prize Nobel uh, oh, Prize sorry. winner. Yeah. And I think I think yeah. specifically in the realm of I don't know how the how the categories break down, but whatever the science like natural mm-hmm. or physical science breaks down, because he specializes in like either microbiology or you know um he's like a pathologist or something like that uh but yes he is he basically has these wealthy benefactors that he supplies with weaponized versions of deadly diseases which boy that plot point really kind of feels different <laughs> yeah in, in the third year of a pandemic what a what a modern <laughs> yeah situation to find ourselves in so he has developed a pandemic in a lab <laughs> yeah is the Great. idea awesome um but what he wants to do is pull a particular super weapon uh out of uh, i guess at this point we're to believe something something to do connected with the orb that was stolen from this temple so an ancient super weapon yes um that will uh unleash a disease that will kill off you know anyone who doesn't buy in so he is going to tell all these rich people here's a bank account number fill it up if you want to live if you want you know access to this super weapon you'd better make me a very wealthy man although He's clearly already an extremely wealthy man, yeah. and I can't imagine why he would need to do this. <laughs> evil, evil villain's gonna be villainous. It's yeah. uh, and he demonstrates his his propensity for evil by mm-hmm. uh, poisoning one of his benefactors' water uh, with uh, his weaponized Ebola. So he because they were what working with the CIA MI6, or something. Mi six. Okay, right, yes. right. Yes. No, you're correct. You're right. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so he takes a sip and then he's just immediately like, just like coughing up blood and then just like dies in his seat. It expires in like 30 seconds. And yeah, he's like, I have created this special strain of Ebola. I was like, fuck dude. Like, I don't like that's, Hmm. And you just, you just unleash that in this. And we're all breathing recirculated air (laughs) in this airplane, (laughs) this pressurized tube. I guess we're all dead now. And then he distributes these little. Uh, these capsules filled with I, he fluctuates between like calling it like an antidote and like an, an uh, anti viral like he he calls it several different things one of which I don't think technically applies to <laughs> viral yeah. uh, uh, diseases but uh, never you mind that but yeah and then and then they never address this either but he like w- looks at his watch because he like starts a timer right as he takes a sip and then he waits for it to like hit a minute and then he takes his pill so 
Yeah, and everybody like waits to take their pill until they see him take his. Right. You're right. What is that about? They never explain that, so I don't know why. Because it's like, would do you need to like wait? Like, if you take it too early, does it not fight the the very yeah, very terrible disease you just unleashed? It's not on even this how plane? digestion works. Also, what <laughs> like, if he was like, oh, forgot to give it to the pilots, and the, and the plane just starts tilting? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it, it, this is a bizarre little IMDb trivia, but the little pill they take is just an herbal supplement. Oh, great. <laughs> everyone, everyone took a little herbal supplement for that scene. Got their ginseng. Yeah. <laughs> what have you. Um, so where do we go from here? Yeah, that's a good question. Oh, I guess it just goes. So this is also really weird. Like there's never any sort of like scene with her, like getting back to Croft Manor. It's just from this scene straight to Croft Manor. I, I think that's okay. I think they do too much transitional travel scenes in this movie. And then the one point where they really need it is late in the movie when somebody somehow teleports across the world in like a day. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, sorry, that's not right. In, in, in minutes compared to somebody else's experience. But uh, yeah, no, I think like this is the time you do just go. It doesn't matter how much time passed or what the travel is like. She's back home all of a sudden. Yeah. Fighting with her butler uh with her kendo stick i assume i don't know what type of martial weapon it is but it's it's a yeah. it's a giant it's a giant uh staff yeah both staff of sorts and um he she is sparring with the butler i don't know these characters names and honestly i don't care and no. <laughs> the the weirdest thing you know Lara Croft is like the epitome of terrible rich person and it's not like they're good rich people but she just doesn't give a shit about like personal property or the value of things because she is fighting Absolutely. with her butler uh and she is swinging the stick around and just bashing it into just anything that is stands in her way no even worse than that she knocks him down and then is so presumably dissatisfied with how easy it was to knock him down that while he's on the ground she walks over to a vase and just baseball bats it for no fucking reason. Just smashing glass everywhere. And you know the butler's going to have to pick that up afterwards. Yeah. So now it's like insult to injury, right? Like he's been literally knocked on his ass and is going to have to then clean up after her tantrum. And then drive to um, Bed Bath & Beyond to get another one. And then right. she's going to complain yes. that one looks cheap. No, that one's no good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> going to have to drive to Crate and Barrel or wherever, you know, rich people Crate and Barrel, whatever that is yeah she's she's kind of a monster <laughs> yeah to her to everyone in this there's so no, entitled so stuck up there's no there's no reason to root for laura like she is a like you know the movie is not called like tomb preserver or you know historical like uh, yeah. uh, uh, uh return artifacts to their cultures or it's it's tomb raider right like yeah. ostensibly yes. her and her father made their money off of plundering these ancient uh crypts and tombs and whatnot like she's not like you know it's She's not Indiana Jones where it's like it this belongs, belongs in a, in a museum. museum. Yeah, he, I, is, I think they is, want her to be in this though. I think she is. I don't know because well, like well, the she, Greek she's guys, a, she's not. She it belongs in a museum. She is. It belongs in a museum for a price. Yeah, but she is willing to like go save the world, right? So like 
And obviously she has to live in that world, so of course she is. Yeah. You know. That's where I keep all my money. <laughs> you can't destroy it. Yeah. Um I I can't figure out like what they want us to think her morality is because I know it comes across like she just is completely selfish constantly. Nobody else in the world matters but her. Yeah. I mean like the being moral enough to care about the fate of the world is in all intents and purposes, a pretty low bar. <laughs> right. Like, like obviously not, not everyone's going to rise to the occasion to put mm-hmm. their life on the line to, to save succeed the world. at saving it. Yeah. But I, I don't know if, 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 if the and tools are also, there to let you save the world. Yeah. I would, I would hope most people would save the world, even if they're ridiculously rich, <laughs> even if they're rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Bezos yes. still a, a jury yeah. still out on that one yeah what is how how many tombs has jeff bezos personally raided oh god i bet i bet there is an actual number that (laughs) yeah yeah um do you do you consider outer space do you consider the upper atmosphere tomb of outer space the coldest tomb of all yeah he's definitely raided that with his grubby grubby mitts and Um, his giant space penis so laura gets a visit from mi6 yeah. And they they really pitch. What's also really uh, confusing is that one of the MI6 agents looks vaguely like Kieran Hines. He does. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I was thinking the exact same thing. Like, did he come here? <laughs> like, yeah. Is he like undercover? Yeah. Is this like some like interesting double cross? And no, they were just <laughs> bad at casting. Yeah. Um, and gave them very similar hairstyles. Um, but they explain they, they talk to her about the orb um and ask questions about it and they're like what what is its origin why is it there and she's like have you ever heard of pandora's box and the one <laughs> agent's like pandora's box you mean the greek myth you mean the pandora's box from the greek myth about with the pandora and she opened the box and released all the world's pain you mean that you mean that myth that greek myth that greek myth but he even says like that god gave to pandora and she told her not to open and she did and like presumably in the actual myth or pandora's box it was not a christian god right yeah. it was a greek god it was like not Zeus a monotheistic god yeah yeah um but then she says yeah that's the sunday school version and breaks out like notes that she has on the the cradle of life and like how uh, the the wording she uses is when life came to this world <laughs> which does she say world does she implies, say planet oh yeah i i could be wrong i'm not sure on that but either way like even just saying world but more so if she said planet for sure it implies that life was seeded on this planet by aliens and like i guess like the whole ancient alien situation is just <laughs> true in the Lara Croft universe like they put us here and also put a literal pandora's box here yeah but and, hey we're uh, not going to get into that because no, the movie this, doesn't and we right. can't <laughs> like we literally can't there's there's <laughs> there were never aliens in the tomb raider games why would we talk about them here that's the thing <laughs> they push stuff into like the the problem with like the the mystical stuff in these movies is like you said they don't have a firm grounding like yeah indiana jones which is obviously like the point of comparison for this type of stuff it, absolutely it works because a lot of that stuff is based in Christianity outside of, well, two of, two of the four movies are based in Christianity and mm-hmm. two of the four, two of the, the better 
received ones are based in Christianity. And, you know, you have the Ark of the Covenant, you have the Holy Grail, and, the, and, the, and there's an understanding that, like, oh, these are these are supernatural. It's not just like, well, that's magic. Yeah. Well, that's magic. It's like it's supernatural, and there is a, like, the mythology of, of Christendom, like, Even has, if you bring in the worst, like, you know, the alien one with the crystal skulls, like, at least it's like, oh, well, aliens make this happen, so this makes sense, you know? Yeah it's internally consistent with itself it's not just like i don't know there's just magic i can't figure it out yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. doesn't everyone believe in magic yeah (laughs) have you not read my uh 300 theses on (laughs) the 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 realism of magic in the ancient world (laughs) right um but yeah, so she explains that like this orb is some sort of map and it connects to this this cradle of life and it's yeah, like when life was seeded on the planet there was, you know, just like how yin has a yang, life had anti-life. And so dark side is coming down to find the anti-life equation and he's mm-hmm, going to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> It is so stupid. It's just like it it doesn't it, why does she have this information? Like it's never, it's never, and why is because it tied she didn't to learn the Sunday school version? Right, exactly. Dylan. And why is it tied to <laughs> Alexander the Great? It's like Alexander the Great found this stuff, and well, they're setting him up as this like ancient protector. I mean, he literally was con- well, yeah, conqueror, but he like traveled the world before anyone else and brought all of these things in, and so he found the key and built the temple to hide it. Yeah, was the idea, um, which you know. Th- okay uh so he sure. traveled the world he found the key he brought it to traveled the world and the seven seas yes yeah um but uh mi6 and the queen want laura to yeah. she wasn't dead at this point is the thing uh they, they <laughs> <laughs> the look nick just gave me it's like we can't joke about that we can't joke <laughs> no, i mean the, we can absolutely about, we about can Queen elizabeth possibly being I, dead i just didn't expect it is all <laughs> um no uh yeah so they want her to go and recover the key because they assume i guess they believe the myth or they at least assume that there is a yeah. bad enough reason that this guy would want it that you know it needs to be taken out of his hands which is a wild idea. Like, we don't understand it, but we know it's probably bad, so we better send Laura Croft. Yeah, they just needed, like, another line or two to justify that, because obviously, like, Indiana Jones gets away with that. It's like, oh, Hitler was obsessed with the occult and the mystic, yeah. and we obviously don't want a Nazi running around traipsing the world and trying to get all these artifacts that may or may not have some sort of importance. Yeah. Like, it um, could have easily been, like, uh, we took this artifact from, you know, this Greek temple and now like Greece is pissed off and we're having an international like right. conflict or it could be we're MI6 and magic is real <laughs> and we because it is I mean it just is a matter of fact in this world that magic is real so they could be like we are the secret you know supernatural division of MI6 yeah and we need your help Laura Croft either one of those things or they could they be like want, they, they find like oh it's like there's like an ancient strain of anthrax and like the, the that is found. the third option yeah absolutely yeah like uh, we we happen to know that this nearly wiped out life on earth at the yeah. time of alexander the great yeah um or before that or whatever um but instead it's just kind of very wishy-washy where they're like yeah i guess we should get that back you go get it yeah <laughs> and why is mi6 not able to like pull their weight and actually just get it back um why it has to be some 
you know non-agent getting involved also seems strange to me well not just um, one non-agent because they're like you need because mm-hmm. because the orb is not in the hands of uh uh, the bad guy yet it's in the hands of the yes. people that want to sell it to the bad guy and it's like this i forget their name they're they're like some criminal the organization Xie-Ling. yeah the shayling criminal organization based out of china um mm-hmm. who are the people they had the run in uh in the temple and she's like i only know one person that knows how to get to the shayling and that's and i was Gerard i was hard butler <laughs> yeah i was waiting for <laughs> oh, it to be like and that's Daniel Craig. Yeah. And no, it's it's Gerard Butler. Sir not appearing in this film. <laughs> yeah. Uh so yeah, it it apparently was going to be Daniel Craig. Um and I, I imagine they would have changed some things around to make that make sense with this plot because the character that Gerard Butler is playing, who is not Daniel Craig's character from the last movie, is like a criminal who is in prison somewhere and, you know, has committed like a number of you know acts of treason um but uh <laughs> presumably they wouldn't do that to daniel craig's character um but yeah he just was like mm, nope i don't want to be in this movie <laughs> you know good on daniel craig for having standards <laughs> yeah, yeah nothing but respect right. for daniel craig i think it worked out for his career in the long run to skip yeah. out on this one what would you rather be in james bond or law-abiding citizen you make the choice <laughs> <laughs> gerard so. butler <laughs> um but yeah so so yeah gerard butler is terry terry something terry sheridan okay but terry sheridan heretofore only referred to as gerard butler for the rest of this podcast um he is a like i said he's like an ex-royal marine who committed an act of treason is now in some like i don't know what siberian yeah i think it's kazakhstan prison specifically okay yeah kazakhstan prison laura goes and picks him up there says here's the deal i can kill you at any time i've got the approval to do so but you're the only one who can get to shayling so if you help me five million british sterling pounds will be wired to you you'll be free to live your life it's a good deal it's it's un- honestly an insanely good deal right not, like yeah, we're bad. gonna let you out of a life in prison and pay you millions and uh all you have to do is tell us how to get to this thing maybe you'll die in the process but if you don't you're free like i i have to constantly ask myself if if laura if uh if angelina julie is british because it's not like she's not right yeah yeah no i'm i i I did a i did a re-google to make sure Mm -hmm. um she is the only american uh actor actress in this film why 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 make her so british or why is she the only one yeah like it is i mean it's just like the things she says are so stereotypically british yes i've complained about this before we don't need to retread this it's just ridiculous it's fine no i i do agree though she's like she's playing this caricature and her accent is not consistent Mm. like I, i i still don't know i said it during the watching of the movie i can't tell if it's that it's not consistent within this single movie or if it's just not consistent with the last movie, but it just there's times where what she does a line when she does a line read, it just sounds so like off who I just heard. Um, I don't know, uh, but um, so they th- that's pretty much that scene. They they agree to go, they leave the prison and fly out <laughs> to 
uh, this remote region. The the oh the Shaling's headquarters is in like the most remote mountain region is what they say and that getting there will be next to impossible and uh that uh what what else was it um just extremely dangerous well guarded yada 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 all the superlatives you can put on a secret bad guy base um which makes it insane when they fly in crash a like plane into this countryside nearly killing like a fisherman and probably drastically polluting the waters that their plane uh, ends up in also possibly Um, creating an international incident by leaving like a it's it's not even a plane traceable yeah yeah they like it's like this weird little stealth pot that they drop out of like a bigger like cargo plane yeah and yeah. and and it unfolds like its wings unfold and then it just shoots forward and they don't even try to fucking land the thing it is just like all right we get close enough to the ground and eject and and it's yeah. like what well it's because you- gerard butler's like if you land this they're gonna know like they're gonna come and get us right like you can't just like land a plane in foreign soil they're yeah. gonna be tracking this but then why and not just like, do like a halo jump or like anything just parachute it to the country yes absolutely yes it is completely ridiculous because not only is the plane not that far from where it came out like the uh the, the what are we going to call this thing the pod yeah the, the, the escape pod. escape shuttle yeah um is is ejected from the bigger plane and maybe goes a few miles in the air like it doesn't like travel a vast distance away from that drop point no and then they eject at the last second before it crashes into a mountain and then falls into this water so if somebody was like, hey, somebody just crashed here in our country, if they're tracking it on radar or satellites or whatever, they're going to know where they landed in their parachutes. That's so so stupid. none of that is effective. Yeah. Um, Angelina Jolie, in spite of this being a v- supposedly very distant remote, you know, no one is around kind of region of China, um, happens to know a farm lady who is there when they land and uh, sets them up with a bunch of guns and stuff. Is she and just then, like an embedded agent? Is she like, what yes. is okay. she's Angelina Jolie, like Laura Croft's embedded agent at, at that. So not even like government agency embedded agent, right? Laura Croft is just paying this woman to run a farm yeah. that has in a couple China. motorcycles in remote China. That's a couple motorcycles and a bunch of guns on it. And that's the whole job is like, right. Just keep up with my guns and motorcycles. She has better resources and connections than the fucking British yeah. intelligence service. Yeah. Anywhere and everywhere. Right. Like you get the sense that she would have a, a farm like this in every region of China. Yeah. <laughs> like so that no matter where she had to drop down, she'd be good to go. Um, so they, they, they get their motorcycles and Gerard Butler's like, you're still not going to be able to get to the Shailing. They've got every road monitored from here to there, blah, 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 blah. And she says, not every road. And then it's a hard cut to crazy loud motorcycle racing in terrible CG green screen on the top of the Great Wall of China. <laughs> Fucking which ridiculous. This does so many things. Uh, not only is it just so showy and like obnoxious 
to race a motorcycle on the Great Wall, intensely disrespectful to China. Uh, I will point out at this moment, even though there's a lot more China left in the film, China banned this film <laughs> because of it showing China as like this chaotic and lawless place, and they hated that. So the film is banned in China, uh, didn't make it to theaters. Um, but she motorcycles on the Great Wall, uh, jumps off of it. They like go coast up the countryside on their motorcycles and end up like getting ultimately getting to the shaling base but like you get the sense that the great wall almost leads directly to them right yes <laughs> like, the most the most secluded area in all of china located so remote right next to the great wall yeah which is a big wall to be fair there's a lot of sections of it um but uh yeah yeah, but it's uh, also like one of the most popular. I don't even know if yes. like only a section of it is a popular tourist destination. I, I think that's the case, but yeah, but like it's still like one of the most. Rec- it's one of the seven wonders of the world, right? It's right, like right. I would not put my shadowy cabal, yeah, <laughs> headquarters next to one of the most desirable places, a place you could see on from fucking space. Yes. <laughs> well, it gets even better because I'm going to just spoil and jump ahead a little bit. In the deleted scenes, when they are leaving the secret base and they like jump in some Jeeps and drive off, they like at the secret base, there is a government maintained road sign that says Shanghai, like uh, I I think it was like 50 miles away in kilometers. I can't remember what it was in kilometers, but like, like somebody is coming out and maintaining this road and this road sign literally where there's like armed men all around and the the like cave entrance of the base has like all these terracotta statues and a big giant buddha in it and armed gunmen all around it um so i I do want to before we get uh into that though they this is where they lay in some of the like relationship that laura croft and gerard butler have or had Mm -hmm. in the past um that they like dated and that he um is just always like the kind of guy to and and mi6 said this as well but like he always takes the like you know like the whatever it's going to do that's going to lead to his best outcome right like right if he's going to steal the artifact and sell it or whatever it is he's a a han solo type he's a he is a a han solo type he's a selfish smuggler um and that seems to be why they broke up is because he you know he went his way and she went her way and you smuggled everything could, even you, my heart <laughs> <laughs> yes yes um so uh let's get back into this uh so they they find the base they get uh caught but that was gerard butler's plan the whole time because the only way to get into the shaling base is to get caught um <laughs> Can we talk about the sister? No, I was about to say, can we talk about Gerard Butler's sister? Yeah. Why don't you go ahead? So they capture them. They, you know, bind them. They walk them into this base. Uh, it's like Nick was saying before. It's kind of like a, a cavernous mountainside base that has like an opening overlooking uh, the Chinese countryside. There's like a Buddha figurine looking out through this like little alcove, you know, uh, yeah. clay cave overhang. And uh, the leader of the shaling is a guy that we saw in the. I, I guess it's the guy that busted his ribs in in the in the temple. 
Um, he was definitely one of the guys yeah. that showed up there. And yeah, apparently- he's Chen Lo is this guy. Yeah, and Chen Lo and- is the only person that survived that that encounter. Um, and they make a point to point out his brother's name is Zhen Lo, which I don't know if that's like a cultural thing or if that's a... Uh, it almost seems like it's meant to be like too close to a joke, but they don't ever like laugh at it either. So hmm. maybe it is just a similar naming also, structure isn't, convention. Isn't the first name the family name? So wouldn't, shouldn't they have identical Interesting. names? I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Um, yeah, we are not the right people to comment on this. Uh, very, so, you know... Well, ready yeah. to say i'm ignorant on on yes, eastern cultures. absolutely absolutely uh but he's like lecturing them it's like ah lady croft such and such you know you've done this to me you've 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 gotten in my way so many times and then you gerard butler uh which is really weird for him to break character like that in the movie <laughs> yeah. um everybody does it at this point yeah. yeah yeah you gerard butler it's like i can't forget all the things that you've screwed me out of and also let's not forget your sister and he points and the camera pans around at this very large very heavy set <laughs> bald-headed henchman who just yeah. kind of stands there and like there's there's a beat and both nick and i were waiting for us like okay he's going to sidestep and the sister is going to be like yeah bound and gagged behind him or like dead already or, or like something. a evil like right, you know yes, she's part of the organization of the thing yeah yeah any of these nothing he goes and your sister fat guy <laughs> and like that's it yeah i what were they trying to do with that line and joke that had to like, be something that was missed in editing or it's like we can't I guess we, it's it, so confusing yeah it's it, it it had to be something where it's like we the movie would be better if we cut this out this like dangling thread but we can't cut it out and it'd be natural because like this was the best yeah. take this actor did of this we like, just didn't film anything around an alternative version of yeah. this yeah i didn't look at the dailies i was sick <laughs> it's so confusing i i can't imagine how they get to that um but yeah so their plan is essentially just not gonna work they wanted to buy the um orb from this guy at a higher rate than big bad guy wanted to pay um but big bad guy is too super rich and is it's not gonna they're not gonna make that deal so instead um they they let the big guy who is not gerard butler's sister presumably (laughs) but Uh (laughs) they let him just beat up gerard butler meanwhile chen lo takes Laura Croft into a back room to show off his toy collection, I guess, because it's a just like endless row of terracotta soldiers that he's like, I've been smuggling these and I'm going to be super. I don't need your money. I'm super rich already. Um, I can't really figure out what his intention was and not just like, and I'll kill you both. (laughs) Like, you know, Um, but then ultimately this just devolves into big action fight right like yeah um gerard butler fights the 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 big guy uh angelina jolie fights this guy and a chen lo that is and (laughs) this is the second time we see her do something like this where she's just bizarrely cruel in her combat like stuff so he has swords she and well he has a gun at first but she kicks it out of his hands he gets some swords uh she gets some like bamboo 
shafts that she's going to like stick fight with like she did with her butler but he cuts through it with the swords like cleanly and uh she she throws them at him seemingly impaling him because the actor playing that guy screams as if he has just been stabbed through the chest yeah um but it is instead like hit on either side of him she's got two pieces of bamboo and they like spear through his shirt and like cut up his ribs a little bit which i mean i would scream if that happened to me that's all fair to him you you know that actor actually got speared with bamboo and that's why that that yell was (laughs) and on his ribs that he had just crunched in (laughs) that other scene gosh i hope this this guy's getting you know paid extra his comp pay yeah yeah um no but it like scraped up his ribs he tears off of that comes after her uh yada 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 action scene that she ends up beating him up um but then instead of killing him she takes a knife and like slices his thigh open and is like that's for cutting me in the temple or whatever yeah she's just insanely petty and also like like i guess i mean we have this trope of anti-heroes i wouldn't call her an anti-hero but she is anti-heroic is what i would say like no hero should be just cutting someone for you know like to make a point or to you know to torture them a little bit like causing pain for pain's sake not not solving the conflict through pain but just like adding a little bit of insult to the injury um but she she's defeated him uh she gets the orb from somewhere nearby yes well she i mean she still uh oh she doesn't get the orb i'm sorry she doesn't get the orb but also she walks away she's like i'm not gonna kill you and then he draws a gun shoots misses breaks one of the terracotta soldiers which i want to clarify during this fight they are just demolishing (laughs) these ancient chinese relics left and right they're just having this giant stick to sword to halberd to to spear fight and it's just demolishing so many of these priceless priceless artifacts and she couldn't give less of a shit Mm -hmm. and yeah so he like after getting cut by her on the thigh he pulls a gun out and tries shooting her misses destroys another statue and she just whips around and throws the knife and it impales him in the chest killing him instantly yes absolutely right like she's not a good person (laughs) she's not she's not someone i want to root for (laughs) no not at all and they set up this like sibling thing with chen lo and jen lo where like you kind of expect like oh chen lo's dead now jen lo is going to have to seek his revenge because you killed his brother I don't think Jen Lo even talks about his brother being dead at any point in the movie. There is a deleted scene, you know, just since I caught up on those, uh-huh. uh, where Jen Lo is driving to Shanghai with the orb and is he's like, I'm taking over. My brother's dead. Um, you've got to meet me at this place and I'll I'll uh, I'll give you the orb. Um, but he's not like broken up about his brother, which I mean, that could be just like a way to show how villainous he is, I guess. But he also is like. I, I understand why they cut the scene because it does nothing for the movie. It like it, it just is like, yep. And now we're going here. Um, but then uh, Laura and uh, Gerard Butler have to escape the cave Buddha mouth uh, situation. So they, they beat up the big guy and they jump on these ropes. If you were going to rappel down a building for any reason in your life, What's the best way to do that? Oh, well, I mean, you know, I would I would hang on to it like, you know, I would probably like 
stand up, no, secure you know, the rope straight. around your waist. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hang on upright. Feet grab first. the rope with two hands. Yeah. Right. And, and like probably repel off the wall, kicking down, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. like any normal human being would. Yeah. They, the two of them without words, wrap their feet around the ropes, spin upside down so that they can hold out guns akimbo and shoot their way down upside down in the most dramatic fall uh, <laughs> that cuts to Laura Cross stunt double, who is this dude who just is like, looks nothing like Laura Croft. <laughs> and, and they go to like slow motion so we can get a real long, good look at this dude hanging upside down, sliding on his feet. And here's what's craziest about that. I said I watched the deleted scenes. I also said I watched the making of. They actually did the stunt themselves. In addition to the stunt double. Really? Yes. Gerard Butler and Laura Cro- and, and Angelina Jolie slid down. Obviously, like, suspended on wires and stuff. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. safe, controlled. Right. But they did the upside down, slide down the rope thing themselves. So why do we have that shot of the stunt double doing it when there is clearly footage of them both going through the motions of doing it, you know, in a sound studio, like everything controlled, everything safe. But I, I can't imagine why they thought it was necessary. Um, and, then, and, it, and it took like two days for them to do it as well. Like two days of shooting of just this one stunt them hanging upside down there's a couple shots of them literally just hanging waiting for everybody to get like in places and everything they're just completely upside down uh and they did it over and over again and still they put in the stunt double shot in slow motion gosh were they really that dissatisfied with how the actual actors did it i guess i don't know yeah Um, um, but on top of that like when they do that slow-mo shot they also just a second before oh, Laura, right. Laura yeah. Gerard Butler shot one of the guys that were like on the overhang where they originally repelled from and like aims mm-hmm. down and they kill him and he falls and so during this semi slow-mo shot he's falling but he is falling at like half the speed a human would fall I mean I guess it's slow-mo so but like he he is falling but they have like motion blurred his body in yeah. such a way that it just it's just the entire thing doesn't look right. It's just it. it yeah, I mean, it absolutely looks wrong because it is a composite shot. I would imagine. Yeah, you, like certainly you would get a different fall rate, right? Because you have presumably, if you're doing the the foot thing, you're you're controlling your your rate of falling so you don't land on your head and die. Yeah, um, which is the weirdest dismount too, because when they do come down to the end, they don't seem to do anything. Yeah, there's nothing to slow their descent. They just they come just to do. a stop. Yeah, yeah, um, magic. But but presumably, if we're buying into the fiction of this world, they are using their feet to, you know, hold the rope and delay their fall, uh, or you know, to, to slow down their fall. Whereas the other people are free falling, so they would rush past them. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not concerned yeah. about the the speed relative to Laura and and Butler. I'm I'm his internal speed relative to himself seems off, even though yeah he is the the shot is is has been slowed down. It just the entire thing. It just looks unnatural. Um, Absolutely. So, so I was way too focused on that and to see the the male stunt double playing Lara Croft. Yeah. Uh, but we slowed it down, <laughs> and it is quite yeah. the look. Yes. Um. But uh. Yeah. So uh. From here, 
this is where the scene would be that they hop in some jeeps and the like shanghai road sign is right outside the base which still just cracks me up so much um then they go on there were several deleted scenes here uh that would have slotted in that just kind of track their travel to shanghai um they they have a moment where gerard butler's like look i'm done i fulfilled my part of the deal i got you to shang li uh shang li or shang ling shailing shailing um uh and uh you know i did my part so i'm done you can let me go or you can tell me what you're after because he apparently doesn't understand the mission in full um and i'll come with you and she like kicks him out of the car and then brings him back in and then they go and then they have the only moment of any kind of like uh uh, what I would consider to be, you know, like laying the groundwork for an actual relationship where these two people enjoy each other is they get on a boat and they're taking that in to, uh, to the city. And, um, they, uh, like, she's like resting. She's got her head up against the window and is falling asleep. And he like brings her some food and has a little, like, witty banter with her and like they she actually cracks a smile i think for the only time in the entire movie where she's interacting with him and it's like oh well now i can actually see the formation of a relationship picking up from this one scene because anywhere else in the movie they just seem like they outright hate each other and it's such a like 2000s and and pre trope where like oh we hate each other we hate each other we hate each other sex scene (laughs) like this movie falls right into that um but they cut out that scene. So that didn't actually happen. Well, great. <laughs> yeah. So they get to Shanghai. The deal is being handed off between Zhen Lo and Kieran Hines character, who I can't remember his name. Um, big, big British evil guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Satan in the second Ghost Rider movie. Yeah. Um, and things naturally devolve. Uh, Laura like gets in there and sort of attacks. She rides the sign into their meeting. Uh, there's like a big neon dragon sign in Shanghai. She climbs onto it and like slides it down some wires that I guess connect it to the opposing street and, uh, and, and shoots her guns from it. And the deal is broken up. Um, they have to, to reconfigure the meeting. They go up to a rooftop, um, and at that rooftop, uh, Lo passes off the orb and big evil British guy shoots him in the chest and is like, oh, you shouldn't have fucked up the deal. It's your fault. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I think he was going to do that double cross regardless of how smoothly yeah, the deal you're went. Absolutely right. Yeah. Um, so that that the, the ball is in motion, so to speak. It's been handed off to them. Um, and I. I I guess this scene is only here because it is, according to IMDb, a direct reference to the video game. Laura is unwilling to let this go. She can't lose here. She grabs a bamboo stick and pole vaults to the helicopter. Uh, I forgot Um, about that. Yeah, which is apparently straight out of the game. She pole vaults on bamboo to a helicopter in one of the games. Great. Uh, Grabs onto the helicopter slaps a tracking device on the crate that the orb is in and then drops off. Um, and they now know that they have to track this thing to Hong Kong. Well, only where it ends up um, to get it back. 
add one more deleted scene, and then I don't have any more for a while. <laughs> oh, for a uh, while. Is, great. Great, great, great. Yeah. <laughs> is that this is... Uh, they they assume that he is in a military weapons lab. I don't know if maybe like Laura's people helped figure that out or whatever, but um, there is just at least a moment where they're going to this giant shopping mall and Gerard Butler's like a weapons grade bio lab in the middle of Hong Kong. I don't think so. And like, <laughs> because it is the most ridiculous concept at least one of the characters was like aware enough to be like oh you're right putting a crazy bioweapon lab in a mall a shopping mall is insane um but that was kind of like the hiding in plain sight joke i guess is like oh you no one would expect to find it here so of course it's here in the shopping mall mm-hmm. um and that is the setup <laughs> it's, it's so for, it's just yeah, you're going through this kind of fast, which I appreciate, but also like this is the speed at which the movie goes. Yes. Like it's just yeah. like we're going okay, we're in Shanghai or like we're in we're in the base. Now we're in Shanghai, now we're in Hong Kong, now we're now we're here, now we're there. And it's 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 just so much. Um we didn't even talk it's about a the, lot. the fucking how they used a helicopter. Like we mentioned the helicopter for the rendezvous for the trade off, but like (laughs) he just how they attack her with it. They just well that and also they just try to they try to land this helicopter in this tight, very small Mm. uh, Shanghai marketplace, which is like who, what, why, how? Like I understand like it's kind of cool looking from a movie making perspective, but the logistics of this seem Mm -hmm. like talking about not keeping a low profile. Yeah, uh, again. I, this is my thesis for this movie is that like someone behind the scenes was like that's cool put it in no restraint mm-hmm. like anything that Boss they think is the cool walls. goes in Please, yes we're cool as fuck man yeah he's just got like cans of energy drinks around him like <laughs> yeah. emptied out and he's like all right then the helicopter lands in the middle of the city but it can't land there because laura croft's already messed it up so they gotta go up to the rooftop <laughs> like he's like, got frosted tips and like a yes. fucking there's a, there's a character at the beginning of this movie with a Guy Fieri shirt, and I imagine like that's, it's him. that's this guy. Yeah, he <laughs> had his little cameo at the beginning of this movie. Yeah. It's just like white powder all over like <laughs> half of his nostril. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, here's yeah. the next thing. All right. Why is he talking like Richard Nixon? I don't my know. Interpretation. <laughs> Aaron Hines is not a crook. <laughs> he just wants to save the world with not save the world, uh, control the world. Uh, okay. <laughs> Um, holy shit um, Spiro you gotta get that, that deadly virus from him <laughs> it it would be such a better movie if like it's a period <laughs> piece with Richard Nixon in it <laughs> yeah and, and he's hiring Laura Croft British super spy like uh, Laura we need your help <laughs> <laughs> the American people need you Laura yeah um so, so yes, in Hong Kong. bioweapons lab in the middle of the mall. Yeah. When we were watching this, you were quick to point out, hey, that mall says Times Square. It It is Times Square Mall in Hong Kong, apparently. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, just a, re- okay, I thought that was like, I thought you were saying like, oh, was this filmed in No, America I was making a joke because I was like, hey, that's oh, not. Okay. We're not in New okay. York. All right. Well, you can cut this whole bit. <laughs> okay. That's, I won't do it. This doesn't need to happen. Okay. That's all right, too um what do we want to say about the getting into the lab is there anything crucial here 
No, they get in. They like hold one guy up at gunpoint. Like the the the, it's so wild. Like the fucking lab isn't even like a, like a sub basement beneath the mall. It is literally like they no. just have some tarps put up, being like this area under construction. Like excuse our mess, we're remodeling. Like looking forward to the five guys coming in. Um, it's it's not even as removed as being fully typed off because at some point in the fight they break through the glass and it literally spills right out into the shopping area shoppers yeah so like there's a glass wall on this bio lab that is literally passed you could just look into traffic yes exactly what are they doing in here it's like all these vials it's like some weird like tincture shop they're selling like liquor here what's going on (laughs) yeah um so yeah, they they set off an alarm to like get out anybody who isn't you know paid enough to stay through an alarm is their their logic like anyone who stays we can kill at this point because they're already a bad guy yeah <laughs> so anyone else is just a worker we don't want to kill them a little bit more considerate than like the Death Star you know like blowing up the Death Star with all those construction workers <laughs> what, on it and that what kind a of thing in the make it's just yeah <laughs> Laura just dropping a proton torpedo into the into the she shopping have, mall she could have uh <laughs> she could have nuked the whole lab from orbit uh with her billion dollar satellite she probably has yeah um they break in uh laura is oh while they're the, the in this lab they have the orbs hooked up to a computer that is like laser scanning it yeah. to transcode these little dots that are on it that they have learned how i'm not even sure they have somehow learned that those dots are sound waves <laughs> yeah, uh, or, or translate to sound waves in some way. Yeah. So that if you, if you transcode them into a sound wave and play it, you'll hear, you know, something relevant. Um, and so, uh, Kieran Hines is doing that with like a little like robot laser that's shining at the ball and, and reading off all the things. Seems like that should be a relatively quick process, honestly. Um, but uh, he he, it's got like a, a countdown timer. It's like counting up, you know, like fifty percent when she gets there, and then as the fight goes on, sixty, seventy, eighty, etc. Um, but she kills off all the guards until Kieran Hines himself returns with a few more guards, and um, uh. Uh, Gerard Butler is hiding in the security Why is he room. Hiding? Why I, is he well, hiding? Well, I think he's like keeping a lookout, right? Because he's in the security room with all the TV feeds. Yes, yeah. um, but his lookout just lets Kieran Hines come in. <laughs> like he doesn't yeah. like stop them or alert Laura. He just he just sits there and watches them. Um, like he has his gun pulled and he's like just kind of tracking them as they tracking, yeah. walk walk out of uh, his field of view. Um, but yeah, she's having the shootout with two of the guards. Um, there's a point where she does like a Max Payne style like dive to the side <laughs> yeah, with two so with bad. two guns, and she's making this face as if like her her face has been like smushed up against glass, where she's just kind of like which Rrr. it's ironic because in the very next moment her face gets smushed up against glass. <laughs> yes, but yeah, she she's got this bizarre face, and I'm convinced the the way it's framed in the shot and the slow speed she travels across the screen. And and that face being like the face of someone trying to look st- like they're straining to do something as opposed to actually straining. I'm convinced they just laid her on a cart and like dollied her across <laughs> the, the space and, and <laughs> shot it or cut it, you know, up a bit. 
Um, but yeah, so she she shoots. She does like the John Woo shoot shoot across the spot, and then um, Kieran Hines gets the drop on her, and they end up like grabbing her, slamming her head down on a broken glass, uh, a pile of broken glass. Yeah, because this I entire that was weirdly brutal. This entire lab is just made of glass. This lab, yes. this bio weapons lab, where they're ostensibly holding and researching and developing deadly viruses, and they are just shooting guns all mm-hmm. around with no cares in the world. With a shopping mall literally <laughs> yes. right next to them. Yes, with, with and the in, glass is breakable because we know it is. Yeah. We've seen it break in in one of the most densely populated areas of China. <laughs> yeah literally hong kong and literally like downtown in a city hong kong (laughs) yeah um but yeah so well and before kieran hines comes in she's able to scan the orb a little bit with her little google glass she has like this little Mm -hmm. heads up display with like a glass frame on it that she's able to like Mm -hmm. look and scan stuff um and sends that data back to bryce her her guy in the chair um yep and yeah, so then Kieran Hines comes in, slams her head on the broken glass on this table, kind of grinds her her temple into it to what do they even ask her? That's okay. So this is the best part of this moment is the one of the goons is about to shoot her in the head and he's like, wait, not until the computer finishes. <laughs> like, why? What? possible reason could he have for not wanting to kill her until the computer has finished scanning this orb sound waves i think i think um i think the justification was like to make sure she didn't like uh sabotage it in some way that like irreversibly which doesn't make sense because like they could yeah. just rescan the thing right. i don't know we have to make the hero survive somehow let's shoehorn this justification it's, in. it's so shoehorned yeah um but ultimately, they don't shoot her, and then he, he, even though he's got the gun pressed to her temple and could pull the trigger at any moment, the computer finishes scanning, and he says, okay, make sure to shoot her right between the eyes. I don't want you to miss, or something like that, which means the goon has to take his gun off her temple and move it around to be in front of her face, yeah. and she uses that split second to like karate chop him or something and stand up this this is the moment for you dylan (laughs) she grabs her guns which have been set aside yeah and i guess they have like magnets or something that lock them together her guns by the way we haven't even talked about we need to talk about the guns are the chunkiest guns anyone has ever seen imagine your regular i don't know what's a standard issue kind of semi-automatic pistol like a like a walter ppk like a like a like a magnum yeah. or something maybe magnum like a big. glock but like three yeah. times that size right yeah. it's like they took a glock in photoshop and then just like dragged, <laughs> just dragged the, the corner <laughs> so it's just bigger it's not like it's not like a desert eagle where it's like a desert eagle is a giant ass pistol but it has like right like you can see the half like you can see like the chamber and everything is bigger it's yes. just everything is still proportionate to what it would be in a regular glock yeah it's just it's just big it should be yes that is so accurate and so funny to think about like that maybe in the design studio someone was like so here's what we have designed up for her guns and the director just rubbing his chin and going <laughs> what about this and like dragging the Ooh. corner up <laughs> and he's like yes yes yes, this yes. Th- 3d print that let's go yeah <laughs> yeah um so she grabs her two guns which are like magnet locked together i guess 
and turns and fires them both at the same time with a single hand it doesn't accomplish anything for her to do that it just is like kind of cool that she's shooting two guns at once i guess double with their one dps hand. and <laughs> yeah and hugo all right that is pretty cool <laughs> Wow, you really, you really tickled by that, weren't you? It was so funny to me. <laughs> you, you were like, "All right, I gotta give it to it." Uh, props, props to Laura Croft. Yeah, credit where it's due. <laughs> game recognized game. <laughs> so she shoots her way out of this. Um, oh, also Gerard Butler starts shooting and helps. Wait, well, if I can have a moment to defend myself. It's not like I thought it was like legitimately cool. I thought like in in the in the grand scheme of this train wreck of a movie, I was like, okay, that's dumb enough. You're, you're looking for a life preserver, anything yeah, to keep you yeah, afloat. Any port in a storm. <laughs> yes. I get it. I totally do. And I feel like I've had those moments in plenty of these movies. But it just cracks me up that it was so genuine for you where you were just like all right, that's pretty cool. <laughs> you, they got you, man. I mean, like they, they. That's what this whole movie wants to be. It yeah. wants to be all right. That's pretty cool. <laughs> At every moment for it's somebody, just, it would warm me and down like yours. a nub, just like <laughs> until I had nothing left. My n- nerve endings were frayed, and I just had to. I just had to accept the 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 gristle that was in front of me as uh, as, a, as a meal. It's so good. <laughs> So they make their escape into the mall. They um this is where they get into those wingsuits. They like run off into some building, get in a construction ladder or a construction elevator, excuse me, and go to the top of it, which at this point we realize like anyone who is not Laura Croft is just a prop in this movie. Yeah. Because there is like a, a little construction lady, which I guess is a job <laughs> that she like manages the elevator or something. I think she um, was just coming down. She was like about to get off and they like shoved her back in and was like, take us yeah. up. <laughs> but then when they get to the top, she like just kind of walks off. She doesn't go back down the elevator. Yeah. So she's like, oh, I guess this is my life now. I'm back on top of the building. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, like, it's <laughs> just like she's just there to operate the elevator meanwhile what if they just didn't oh go ahead well meanwhile there's the second elevator that the bad guys are using and they're like shouting at their elevator operator it's like come on open the door what are you doing and they're like all scrambling. Yeah. it's like a fucking three stooges skit over there yes. where they're all like bumbling <laughs> trying to get onto the roof of this under construction Which, building i guess that's the only reason they had to have her there to use the like to to be the person who knows how to operate the elevator yeah whereas it couldn't have just been laura croft who gets in and knows it because she knows everything like she does the rest of the movie right um, third floor menswear <laughs> yeah i want to know like everything about that lady's day where she had a brush with laura croft <laughs> <laughs> and, and ended up back on top of the building and just kind of went with it she was she was visiting her family a couple days ago in the countryside and she was <laughs> yeah. decided to go out in the boat with her with her dad and then like this giant weird stealth plane crashes down and ruins yes, the boat yes. she's like fuck this i'm going back i'm going back to the city going back to work and then she gets shoved back into a freight elevator with this woman and then has to spend the rest of 
the day on the roof of this building because she can't get back down because like there's all this there's all this panic and the police have showed up and there's like a secret deadly research lab in the building there's so many opportunities to make that like an actual story like she wanted to visit the great wall but it was closed because a billionaire bought it out to to drive their motorcycle on <laughs> yeah. it it's got it's got tire burn marks on on yeah. like the length of it I'm like sorry no visitors today <laughs> no one's walking the great wall today. Oh, come on <laughs> yeah. yeah oh man and she like goes to like the shanghai market and like she <laughs> she's like i just want to get a picture of that dragon and it's like head is cut off and the, yeah you know. it's like sparks uh, are flying everywhere and everything's demolished yeah. <laughs> um okay so this is where <laughs> enough they get of the that lady's suits. life enough of that lady's life they get the wing suits we cut to the demo footage from the people <laughs> who made the wing yeah. suits right uh flying over hong kong and they end up coming down onto like a freighter ship in the river or ocean i don't know where hong kong is it's, it's, um, on, it's on the sea it's on the chinese sea they they uh they have a very awkward sex scene <laughs> uh, kind of half sex scene where i guess basically gerard butler kind of sets up like i could steal the orb at any moment but i'm not gonna so here you go and then they start making out and uh the way they make out it's just like it's, it's so uncomfortable it's it's like for i was just sitting there in silence watching it with you i'm like did they just turn into like a softcore porno like what yeah because there's just nothing better than being with your buddy and watching a yeah, movie. some some light r-rated yeah. pornography and we're just like all right well i guess we have to sit in silence until this yeah. ends because it's what makes it so weird is that it's 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 slowed down just enough and it's like trying it's it's trying to be sensual but it's just like it's so much tongue it's so much tongue why it's is so it, much tongue why are they using it's, so much tongue it's so excessive and then they do this weird like they 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 do these slow motion shots throughout the movie like at that stunt fall in the most inappropriate places and this is one of them but when they do slow motion it's not like it was filmed at a really high frame rate so they slow it down and it looks like slow motion it just starts turning choppy because it is like literally just reducing the frame rate to achieve a slow motion effect. So you get this weird choppy tongue action <laughs> with them like slobbering all over each other until click, click Angelina Jolie has slapped handcuffs on Gerard Butler. And at first he's like, Oh, okay. Kinky shit. And she like rolls away and like is in this weird cat lady position yeah, in the black widow pose. <laughs> yeah um and she explains that like you know he's he, she's done with him he's bound to betray her at some point and she can't deal with that so yeah. she's gonna go finish this job on her own and he's out um and he's pretty reasonably upset by this notion because not only did he not take the opportunity to steal from her when he could but now he you know tried to no i got uh, blue balls and now he's got blue. <laughs> yeah okay um so she leaves him there, and we aren't we aren't really privy to how much time has passed. We can assume that at least a few hours have passed. She got a shower, they almost had sex, she locked him up, and uh, she escaped. And she gets off of that boat onto a houseboat mm -hmm. with a, a, a family of like fishermen or something who live on this houseboat. Yeah, it's a bunch of a bunch of kids. 
uh, and two uh, two parents, of course. Not of course, but in, in this scenario. Uh, <laughs> Ideally, you want to have two parents. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> um, and uh, they, she like sneaks into their home and is like, it's okay. I just need to use your TV. <laughs> and and this terrified family just kind of stares at her wide eyed and is like, yeah. okay. They're watching um, an episode of SpongeBob with Chinese yes. dubs. Yes. Um, it's the episode Which you were where, like, <laughs> yeah, it's the episode where they actually uh, cause uh, Squidward gets super injured, so they have to take care of him. It's a really good episode. One of the early ones. <laughs> You're like, oh, I can learn Chinese this way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can learn how to learn these lines. What's the Chinese? Uh, what's I'm ready in Chinese? <laughs> but yeah, she um, takes her Panasonic. She takes the family's Panasonic television crt yeah. and her panasonic brand new panasonic tv right it's like, well they have they, they have a tv they have like it's pretty nice crt tv and they have like a gamecube just sitting in the corner it was like 2003 <laughs> so it's like kind of kind of new and then yeah. uh she takes the the tv and she takes her panasonic cell phone her panasonic camcorder and just kind of wires together like this uh, like voip like this skype call with all of this where yeah i guess i guess she can get like satellite she can transmit like fr- video yeah. footage i would over. love panasonic to have to explain how she did that with yeah. these it's all their tech you know all their equipment there must be a way over this one or two g network even though it's like a perfect quality call yeah like you Um, could barely render like web pages back then like and she's just like (laughs) sending this like across fps yeah yeah uh so she calls up bryce guy Mm -hmm. in the chair and she's like all right i need you to take this this footage i'm sending you uh from the lab and play that as an audio file and he's like all right laura i guess he's like being real shitty to her yeah which immediately you and i pick up as like oh something's up clearly laura never once questions because she's a sociopath who does not value (laughs) the input or lives of the people she hires at all does not understand human connection except for with daniel craig who she did break time and space to save him from dying and then one of them dumped the other and they never talked again Yeah, (laughs) yeah exactly um yeah so hey laura uh, thank you for breaking the fabric of reality to make sure i didn't die (laughs) but i just you chew with your mouth open and this just isn't gonna work (laughs) i mean you don't owe someone a relationship just because they break time and space for you come on that's true yeah yeah (laughs) so um so there there is a moment here like just exemplary shithead behavior where bryce is like i don't think it will work if you have me do the thing you're telling me to do yeah and she's like why are we even having this conversation i told you to do it <laughs> if i were bryce at that moment i'd be like you know what fuck you i don't yeah. care Fine. Put, the, put the bullet in me <laughs> yeah no or or like whatever i don't care i'm gonna betray you because you're terrible to me yeah um but he ends up playing the audio which just playing the audio at the orb is what activates it and it shoots out this like hologram projection in full 3D all around Laura. The kids who were watching SpongeBob are mesmerized by this, transfixed, watching all this light dance across their room. And it shows um, images of Africa. 
um, which Africa's a big place, and Laura seems to know exactly where to go based on just like some trees and a couple animals and things. But she like says that. Kilimanjaro is in like the background of one, so like yeah, it's a recognizable enough landmark, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for super genius Laura Croft. So she's on her way. Go to Africa to to follow up on this lead that the orb has showed her. We do get one tiny like three frame cut at the end of her vision or of, of the orbs vision where somebody's like are they like vomiting or are they what is They're going like on screaming in pain but it's like they've taken the footage and like inverted the colors oh is that okay like, I, I, it's so quick i had no idea what it was yeah i think it was someone just um, being like ah! and I is it supposed that, to be future sight of yeah, what's going that's, to, well that's what i'm wondering i wonder if it's like a premonition or a warning that the orb is like imbuing into her it's like okay we've shown you where this thing is but you don't want to go there and this is like yeah this is our like fail safe to try to prevent the possessor of the orb from seeking this out because when it first happened i was like oh are they going to show like ancient like alexander the great era you know world conquering you know uh i don't know what era i'm trying to say that is (laughs) like um but like an ancient greece like peoples Mm -hmm. um or are they gonna show or i guess alexander the great egyptian where was he from i think he's macedonian (laughs) i think he's macedonian uh okay uh i thought it would be something like that but i think that cut is like a modern person so i think it's of the fights that we're going to see coming like it's literally able to predict the future which Maybe. i guess if time and space can be altered to save your boyfriend then yes that's fine <laughs> then everything's um, on the table yeah right all these alien technologies are capable of doing that um not aliens. She puts the no orb away. aliens who mentioned aliens no one no one said that no one talked about life, aliens. Was, life was seated on this planet by someone but it, i didn't say aliens <laughs> um your words not mine yeah, so she shoves the orb in her bag and is like, all right, I'm going to Africa, and then we come, you know, we cut to the other side of the call, and behind Bryce is Goon with a gun, and I'm willing to accept that fully, except then it pans a, a little bit more, and it's big, bad, evil British guy, Kieran Hines, is like, thank you for providing me with that information, Mr. Bryce. How did he get from Hong Kong to gunpoint at this dude's head waiting for a call in the uk like in the time it took laura to get half off with gerard butler and then onto this riverboat like i i just can't accept that timeline makes sense i would i would i would believe that the stuff that happened like when they landed on that boat there was a time jump of 24 hours that like I guess so. The next and that's day, plenty of time. That's plenty of time. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you're a evil Nobel Prize winning with a private jet. With a private yeah. jet that you use to poison people with weaponized Ebola. Yeah. Um I guess that's what we have to believe, and that that solves it. Um, but it just feels so weird to be like, and now I'm here. <laughs> um, <laughs> and now to Africa. And, yeah, and then they both are racing from the UK and from Hong Kong to Africa and arrive at also roughly the same time Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of that in this movie uh we we get to africa we see jimon hansu um who uh is uh dealing with another let's just go ahead and say probably galactic orb that threatens all life on earth 
um, just like he will yeah, in Guardians say, of the Galaxy. Just to say, just as an example. <laughs> yeah. I'm Laura uh, Croft. <laughs> Who? <laughs> um, and he is sort of her translator and helper because, you know, much like the lady on the farm at the Great Wall, she is or he is her just, you know, like African wilderness uh, yeah. translator and her and connection to the tribes there. Yeah. Um, brings her to this tribe that knows about the orb. They're like they know everything about the orb. They're like, yeah. oh yeah, we got this special sacred place. You're not allowed to go there. Um, but if you bring the orb there, then you can get into a, a a world where dimension and time don't matter, and the sky is down and the ground is up. And yeah, yada, cats yada, yada. and dogs living together. Mass yeah, hysteria. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're like, but you can't go because it's a bad thing. And she's like, listen to me. I am entitled as fuck. <laughs> I'm going whether you let me or not. And this is a movie that proposes a reality where it's like, oh, that's enough. She's clearly convicted of. So we should help her. Well, it's also like, like what is her end game? Right. Because wouldn't if she wants to prevent the bad guy from getting access to this thing, wouldn't you want to get the orb as far away as possible? Also, yes. Do not bring it to the place that is needed absolutely dylan <laughs> yes <laughs> that's what alexander the great did wow, and it worked fucking, for thousands of years you're fucking psyched up now <laughs> well because you're so right you're thank so you. correct thank you thank you alexander the great those hid guns, this thing those away guns magnetized together were cool i am right thank <laughs> <Yeah>. you <laughs> thank you so much i'm just saying like she has delivered the means for the destruction of all life on earth straight to the lockbox and it's completely her fault she even is the one to slam dunk this shit when the time comes and like like i mean it is 100 percent her fault that the world is in peril also can't you just break it uh yes right like presumably that um now i i will say this she doesn't necessarily know the orb is a key at the time she goes to Africa, but she does bring it with her. Sure. So if it was just a map, which is what she thinks it is at first, it does make sense to go to Africa, but you could easily go to Africa and not bring the orb. But then who do you trust the orb with? Right. It is it, problematic, I suppose. And also you're going to leave it with the SpongeBob watching chinese yeah here, put this on your shelf god that would be so good actually if he's like all right laura i've got you at gunpoint now place the orb in the special cradle so we can unleash the plague that ends the world and she's like i don't know where the orb is yeah and we cut to that family like playing gamecube <laughs> and it's just sitting in the background I, good luck finding it <laughs> we'll scour all of hong kong you'll never ever get to every houseboat never you know no I will way. get the dragon ball and then yeah. i will have shenron grant me my wish which is yeah. the death of all mankind the, the death of all yeah yes um so yeah she does deliver the key and, and also she found the key in the first place if she had just never done any of it like if she could just be content with her billions and not raiding artifacts from ancient cultures and profiting off of their <laughs> that being taken from them then the world would have never been in peril in the first place mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we all we all we all could learn a thing or two from the things Lara croft doesn't do yeah 
what not to do. Well, this I said at the beginning, this movie is a lesson in a lack of restraint, and it just goes on multiple levels, both in filmmaking and in character study. Yeah. Um, so Laura is with uh, uh, Jaimon Hansu and mm-hmm. the rest of his tribe, and then wouldn't you know it, repelling seemingly out of a tree <laughs> are a bunch of uh kyrian special forces yeah you know, whatever henchmen and the shot is so bad because it literally looks like they are repelling ropes out of a giant tree because yeah. the helicopter you can is, hear a helicopter yeah. but you don't see one no no you can see the wind kicking up but for some reason they're like this is the best shot we got and it's the helicopter being obscured by this giant tree and that's how they reveal the the fucking mercenaries for the final act showing up yeah um and so they surround laura and uh the tribes people at gunpoint she's in gun at gunpoint so many times in this movie yeah i mean she should just die she should just they should should have killed her at any moment Yeah. yeah um and so they they capture her and they're like you're gonna lead us to where the cradle is where pandora yeah. where, where pandora's box is and um so they do that they they how, start how about how incredibly disposable throughout the movie i would say people of color are <laughs> including this scene where it's like these tribesmen are like we protect this sacred place okay laura we trust you we will take you we like you um, but we are like sacred warriors. We're going to go with you and we will fight what they call the shadow creatures. And then these guys show up and kill all of the tribes. Yeah, they just there start. are none left <laughs> after they're done and they're just completely disposable. Um, and I, I feel like that theme runs through the film like constantly. Yeah. yeah very, um, very white savior tropey. Yes. Uh, um but but then they also threaten they're like all right and if you also don't do what we what we ask you to we'll kill your best friends who have barely been in this movie and then they <laughs> drag out the butler and bryce because yeah. they captured them and brought them the to africa yes um so they uh they go into this like sacred part of the landscape where it is it is it's like dark and stormy and it looks like uh-huh. like a 1930s vampire film <laughs> like evil forest outside the castle yeah like big plastic trees that are meant to be you and know I, it, it also looks like that like uh part in fury road where it's like uh, oh yeah the, the bluish area where it's like all swampy and whatnot and it's like all the yeah. like rotted tree trunks it like looks a lot like that um yeah done a little bit better in fury road i would say oh yeah definitely um (laughs) also down to the fact that once again we have a very prominent scene shot day for night where it's Mm -hmm. just it's just it was clearly like you can clearly see sunlight but they have sunlight like beaming across the grass and and they're like no it's nighttime just ignore that like intensely bright area in the background yeah it's like we'll just color correct it and make everything blue it'll be fine yep um so they are marching laura through this area meanwhile bryce and butler man are uh being held captive back at the campsite um and another chopper kind of comes in to drop off more goons or whatever and instead of dropping off any goons it drops off 
one goon, Gerard Butler, and he <laughs> he jumps out and, a special kind of goon. Yeah. Um and he knocks out all the all the uh captors and frees frees Laura's friends. So here's the thing. How did he get did he get there on one of the bad guys' helicopters, meaning he was going to portray Laura? I don't think there is an answer for that question. And then he had a change of heart? Yeah, I I think the movie wanted him there and he was going to be there no matter what. We can I mean he was a super spy, right? So like we could assume he infiltrated the bad guys operation and wasn't going to betray her or we could assume he was going to betray her and that's how he had a connection there. It is I would say not decided by anyone on the production of the film. I bet they just said, and then he's there. Great. Awesome. Fantastic yeah. storytelling. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he is there. He is then, he runs to go catch up with Laura and yeah. uh, the bad guy after freeing Laura's friends. Yeah. So, so bad guys and Laura marching through the spooky, spooky forest. Uh-huh. And <laughs> this is the most baffling bad guy shit to do. Um, the trees seem to be like leaking oil, like this yeah. black fluid, blood or oil or something. And I, in my wildest dreams, I'm not putting my finger <laughs> in that oil, right? I'm not going to poke it at all. But if a bad guy did that, I'd be like, well, some people somewhere, somebody would be dumb enough to poke this shit. No, this guy, this random villain in military fatigues, does not go up and poke it with his finger to figure out why the tree is leaking oil. He takes his full open palm and just presses it into this shit. What if it was caustic? What if like, <laughs> anything that it could be yeah. could be bad for you? Do not put a lot of it on you. Yeah, what if it was like, like a nerve agent that yeah, just immediately like, killed you? Why did this guy fucking lick it for as stupid as he is to put his whole <laughs> hand in it? Like, just insane behavior. But also, is the tree luring people to touch the liquid? Because I don't think that means anything when he does it. He touches it. He looks at his hand. He starts to scream. So I guess it's burning him, maybe. And then he turns around and a fucking, like, giant monster like rushes pat like you only get like a a shoulder haunch because it's so big like a blur um yeah rushes past the screen and then he's gone um (laughs) we didn't talk about the mandrels which are my favorite shot in the movie too (laughs) right fuck as they're like leaving safety and entering this spooky forest before the first monster comes out um they do this another one of these low frame rate slow motion shots of like a tree limb taking up like 60% of the frame. And then over the top of it are these like brilliant yellow eyes of a, of a mandrel that is just like, like looking left and right (laughs) (laughs) over the top of the tree limb, which is like, like, I guess to set some sort of scene. I think it's just just be like tension. Like, Ooh, those humans are going into a scary, bad place. Like even our mandrels know that to like hide behind a tree limb before you look into that place. I suppose so. It's just such an 
out of place shot because it's not it like is. wildlife plays a prominent point anywhere else in the yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly. It looks like it's from a nature documentary stuck in this movie. Yeah. Except except for the bad tree limb. But like the eyes, like the shot of the mandrel feels like it belongs in a nature documentary. Well, I take that back. Um, the, the CG sharks played a prominent point. Well, but. You're very good point. Yes. <laughs> not a CG mandrel, though. A yeah. honest to goodness mandrel. Yeah. That actor's, um, that actor's union. Yes. <laughs> yes um really like i best acting in the film honestly is this mandrel like best character development best like without even reading a line just really sold the emotion for me um but okay that shot done sticks his hand in the stuff gets disappeared by a monster then it's like all the guards are like what was that what's going on they start looking around they find the dude's hat more like quick shots of a monster and then ultimately we see a full-on like cg creature out of like the doom movie or something like just big muscly ape monster but the front is like all mouth and teeth yeah no eyes Um, just kind of like yeah yeah uh (sighs) what yeah right unearned right like we didn't get hints of monsters throughout the movie or like the idea that we were dealing with mysticism so genuine like we saw the light but like you could play with the idea that like oh well the light shining through the crystal is like a legitimately scientific like refraction of light and it's just appears as if magic you know sufficiently advanced technology to uh to a primitive enough culture would would appear as if magic um no, th- this is magic. These monsters, giant ropey meaty monsters grab these guards like stranger things. It's like dragging them through trees into an alternate dimension. Yeah. And like it, it's just full blown magic, full blown monsters. The guards uh, that are with uh, uh, Kieran Hines character can't do anything about it. Um, and Laura realizes they are attacking movement. Only the people who are moving are the ones who are getting attacked. Now, how does she use this particular piece of information? Does she, you know, like find a clever way to like distract them while she moves? No, she just moves faster because she's Laura Croft. (laughs) So she knows where they're coming from and she will outrun them. But she has to know where to go, of course. And how does she discover a plan, but a flashback in her mind of the orb floating and uh, some some moment in the film where they said something like the orb is the key uh, something a translation she read in the temple or something <laughs> and then the visual effect that they do is they have the spinning orb start to get smaller and smaller and smaller until you see the outline of Angelina Jolie's eye and and like the orb shrinks down into her pupil like spinning away into the inky void of the middle of her eye uh-huh. and she's like okay got it and she grabs the orb charges forward outrunning all the monsters and basketball slam dunks it into like a termite mound <laughs> yeah <laughs> which causes all of the trees and all of the monsters to just burst away to shadow and disappear 
and a vortex opens up to another fucking dimension in the ground. And also, <laughs> when she dunks the orb, doesn't it make like a ping pong, a, like a pinball yes, sound like, effect? Yes, it's like ding, 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 ding. No restraint. No restraint. Yeah. No restraint. Yeah, man. This is going to be so cool. It's going to be giant monsters that don't have any eyes. They're going to chase Laura, <laughs> and she's going to fucking, from the three-point line, put this ball in the net. Yeah, and then he like rubs the fucking cocaine off his nose, and his eyes are real big, and he's like, "Oh man!" And also, have you ever fucking seen Labyrinth? <laughs> because what happens next is they go into this like crazy like black rock cave that has uh you know like swirling energy, blue energy in it, and uh when they walk, they like walk up the walls or on yeah. the ceiling or whatever. And they're just kind of all over the place uh, in here. Gravity's all sorts um, of fucked up. Yeah. And I think the only three people who go in are Laura, Kieran, and Gerard Butler. Yeah. Um, but Gerard Butler catches up. He is, he's, yeah, still, he's the last one. He's still lagging behind. So the two of them go in. They have um, the Kieran and, and, and uh, Laura Croft. They have an extended fight where... Um, <laughs> This is so funny because I watched the deleted scenes uh, in the deleted scene version of this fight. I feel like it is the better version, but it also has this cheesy switcheroo. Um, uh, well, I guess we'll, t- we'll talk about how it plays straight first is um, Kieran Hines character is just like physically more domineering than laura croft i guess he like throws her up against a wall she like stabs her back on a rock and like pulls away and she is bleeding pretty severely so that looks pretty gnarly um and they they kind of holds her over this pit of uh bubbling black acid at the center of which is a golden glowing box yeah like just magically luminous um with cuneiform, <laughs> cuneiform writing all over it yeah yes um and uh so uh he's like you know he's trying to make her reach for the box but she won't do it because it's too far she fights back they go toe-to-toe a few uh, moments he pulls a gun on her and that's when gerard butler shows up and is says you know like i don't think so and distracts him long enough for laura to kick the gun out of his hands now what i don't understand is why gerard butler didn't go bang like why the fuck does he say i don't think so (laughs) and not shoot this motherfucker and end this whole thing but he doesn't so laura has to fight him laura does manage to throw him off of this little bridge into the pit of acid and we get a prolonged cg death of him like clawing his way through the acid as his skin melts away it it would have been better if they just had a skeleton bob up like a plastic <laughs> skeleton because the like the acid which in the prior shot is like whether they're doing it with lighting or dye or both I don't know but it's liquid it's li- real water and then in this shot because it's CG it's like this like overly like you know thick and and yeah. not move yeah like and like it's, the, it's cg liquid of 2003 and the noise equation they put on it is making it like it has like really high ridges like remember that water we saw yeah. in the cg uh, in the animated mortal Kombat movie the very first one yes where the boat was yes. on the water and the in the water was just like it had peaks like 12 feet yes. high absolutely um yeah so uh 
and then this is like, I, I, man. <laughs> so they get the 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 shoe, magic shoe box of Pandora's box, um, and Gerard Butler's like, oh, we could have everything. <laughs> we we could be so rich. We could go uh, We gotta sell it. Um, and uh she stands in front of him and is like no i care about you and and we're we can't do this i have morals um, now yes i suddenly have the morals we can't release this deadly weapon that kills the whole planet um Which, and yeah why would gerard butler want to do that like, yes right <laughs> it's not viable it's not a good idea gerard butler <laughs> like money is only worth the value it has if there are other people in the world to recognize that worth like your 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 plan is very short-sighted it's such a non-ending for him to turn at this moment in this particular way like there could have been a time what we needed was a guarantee that there would be survivors and he gets to like find out he's going to be one of them right and then maybe if he's going to do that then he could turn but instead he's just turning for money on something that would completely devalue all economies so there would be no money um but uh their their standoff finally comes down to like him revealing that he is the bad guy all along he is willing to kill her to get out of here with this box he draws his gun and bang she kills him but the way it's shot almost seems like he shoots himself (laughs) because he draws his gun you don't see her with a gun and like the way he pulls it almost almost seems like he's like fine if you won't be evil with me i'll kill myself (laughs) but whatever he dies she she does the weirdest thing in the world where she cracks the lid of the box now if the premise is that it is a deadly contagion that will end all life on earth i I wouldn't crack that box yeah i would not i would not risk she has like just the slightest amount of like curiosity to just like kind of like shuffle it a little bit morbid deadly curiosity yeah that like the gold glow of like marcel wallace's briefcase like shines (laughs) out of it and then she's like nah and then closes it it's like yeah dude it's nothing there's nothing good in there yes absolutely like even if you only know the sunday school version of pandora's box like it's still like the moral of that is that a little bit leaking out is gonna cause a problem yeah um but yeah what i'm curious about is like so she goes and she puts it back into the black lagoon and why does she if she just leaves gerard butler's body there and i'm like i mean that part i know you think that's weird but like i don't think it's super weird but it's like also like i don't know desecrating this sacred grotto it's 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 sacred to the tribe that unfortunately just got wiped out so that's one piece of that but also i see this as like an extra dimensional magical space so i don't think you can really desecrate it you know like sure it is like it's the kind of thing that in a temple raiding movie you would see. Like, I almost expect there should have been skeletons like all over the place. There's probably been, you know, like hundreds of people who've tried to find this place over the years. But what's also weird is the key went into this place. It mm-hmm. never comes out. So where the fuck is the orb now? Is it just forever opened? How I, did it get sealed? Yeah. Like great questions. Like, how did Alexander the Great put the box in there and then seal it? so many questions there but i will just really quickly run through the alternate ending that got deleted which 
I think makes so much more sense and is a better ending for the movie. And it's only a small change. It's at that moment where he says, I don't think so. Kieran Hines shoots Gerard Butler. And then she kicks the gun out of his hand, has the fight very bizarrely kicks him in the chest and knocks him back on the same rock that she was impaled on. (laughs) (laughs) So they've both been cut and it like zooms in on it. Like both times. It's like, remember the rock. (laughs) (laughs) and uh, Check on the rock. Yeah. um, But cuts him up that way and then throws him in the pit and then goes down to Gerard Butler. And she's like, are you okay? And he's like, Oh, I'm fine. And then he pulls up his shirt and is like, Oh, I guess I'm not. (laughs) And then he dies. He just dies from the gun wound from that guy never having betrayed her. And uh, he makes a joke. He's like, you know, we could have been millionaires if we had done this and sold it. And she like smiles and wipes away a tear. And then he, you know, fades, light fades from his eyes. She's like, I'm already a millionaire. You dumbass. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's such a good. And also. He was promised five million pounds for just like not enough. He's also already a millionaire. Um, yeah, God. So I, I do think it would have been the better ending, though. It gives him a little bit of like, oh, I was a good guy the whole time. It also like, you know, it, it I mean, it just prevents him from doing the stupid double cross. that doesn't mean anything. Um, whew, but that is. Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life. Mm-hmm. There it is. Is that really how it ends? Is there no? Uh, well, there might be a final scene that I'm not remembering. But yeah. like, there, that's there... where my brain was like, okay, I've memorized everything I need to for this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. The orb, the orb, the terrible orb effect does reappear. I think it like spins out of the sun across the African yes. savanna and then like across the screen to transition into credits. Uh, Which that might honestly be it she just leaves the cave and then that's well she does talk because you keep saying that the tribe is wiped down they weren't wiped out like uh jaimon and uh, jaimon hansu and and a bunch of other elders are are still alive but they do they do kill a lot of them in that a lot of them earlier scene um yeah but yeah that's basically it and yeah that's the end of this franchise because angelia jolie did not want to come back for a third one (laughs) we did forget the hair Bryce's hair. Bryce's hair. Yeah, when she does return to the tribe, which you're absolutely right, there are some of them alive. Oh no. Bryce has his hair in full African braids that they're putting him up in, and they're like painting the face of the butler. And it's just like, oh, what a wacky adventure we've had, you know. (laughs) How was your day, Lara? Yeah. (laughs) Save the world again. Um but uh but but yeah that's the like the silly beat ending i guess uh for for this and then they drive away and that's it uh the rubicon jeep is also in that moment which is important because rubicon or a jeep specifically for the rubicon launched a massive advertising campaign for this movie oh my gosh um, to try to like yeah to sell their jeeps and they produce like a thousand custom laura croft tomb raider rubicon jeeps (laughs) and it gets like like 45 seconds of film time <laughs> what what is what makes the the laura croft edition special uh that's a good question i, I should look. look that up before this just looks like a generic silver jeep rubicon yeah probably i mean i feel like that's what they do it is a shame that it doesn't have like a crazy like laura croft 
uh, logo on it or something. Um, yeah, I guess it's just the version that's in the movie, you know, like it's the same color. Yeah. Yep. I th- yeah. I think it's just the specific accessories. Yeah. It comes it with, it would have been so much better if it had like her face, like branded <laughs> on the door. Just to just you a, see somebody has, has a, has a uh, wheel cover and it has the IDOS logo. Oh my God. It. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's that movie. <sighs> that's that movie. So Jan DeBont, the director of this movie, um, said, uh, it was not such a great experience <laughs> uh, for reasons how the studio tried to interfere with it. Um, the, the thing itself is that the makers of the game were also involved and they never told me that they also have a say in the story. Suddenly there were all these changes that have taken and who had to be what and what cast. And suddenly it became such a big scene. Everything was a big deal. Um, I kind of like working with Angelina Jolie. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Like kind of um, says so much. Yes. Uh, she was a very interesting character. She's definitely very opinionated, but not in a negative way. I feel she was difficult to work with, but for me, it was probably not a problem. Probably not a problem. What, this guy's saying nothing. He spends yes, so many words he's, saying absolutely he's, nothing. He's floundering. He's like, Oh God, I've said too much and now I got to get out of it. And they're still, Oh, are you recording this? Oh <laughs> fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, We're going to transcribe it later. Um, yeah, maybe this is why it's his last last directorial. I have a feeling, role. unfortunately. Yeah, Jan yeah. DeBont. Um, yeah. Anything else about this movie? Any other opinions? Uh, man, I don't think I don't think I have anything else of note here. Um, last directorial credit. Uh, we talked about uh, um how uh. Uh, what's his face wouldn't come back um yeah daniel craig um here's another little note from imdb that i think is just a funny thing somebody put in as like a shitty like Uh, after this film paramount would not make another video game based movie until sonic the hedgehog 17 years later (laughs) great fantastic they they're all winners yeah um so overall what'd you think i mean i will admit that i had fun with this movie which is like the most important thing for me in this podcast at this point right like i enjoyed hating this terrible terrible movie and i think it is worth watching as a cheesy laugh at it kind of movie yeah um more so than a lot of the others on this list so i i would i would put it up there more so than maybe the first one but maybe it's just because i had no idea what to expect going into the first one and i was just so like all the secret society stuff and all that shit from the first movie it just it just really dragged that this this villain is so simple in this movie yes he has no real motivation to do what he's doing other than he wants everyone to die i guess yeah and money it's like it's like obtain lethal plague question mark question mark question mark profit profit yeah um I, I like them both as what they are i which is bad movies <laughs> um I, I i think it's baffling that any critic was like it's better than the first as a like genuine film because i think it's so insanely overpacked with nothing right it's it's all style not even 
all great style and definitely no substance. Um, and, uh, but I got to say those guns are pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, well, you're right there, Nick. Are you ready for our next movie? I think I am. What is it? Great. Um, Hopefully it's not Shenmue the movie. <laughs> no, no, that'll, that'll come after this next one. Where mm. where I've slotted it in, where Laura Croft was originally going to go, but then you fucked up the schedule, Dick. Okay. <laughs> uh, our next. This is movie. what it's really like behind the scenes on a track. Yeah, I'm mode. just frazzled, just frantically, just making sure everything is is this this house of cards is still standing. <laughs> Nick, have you heard of the world of Pokemon? You know, I think I might have heard about that. Is that where digital monsters are? yes exactly yep yep they're, and they're, they're, they're on the regular committing digi side yep mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah okay i've heard of them yeah and they speak plain english just in american yes. accents yes yeah and they all grow up to be sexy angel women yep mm-hmm. nailed it mm-hmm. nailed it perfect yeah so we'll be watching the next one of those uh pokemon heroes colon latios and latias we are we are solidly we are solidly in the realm of movies that I have never, uh, I've seen like a, a a minute of this movie. You are out of your Pokemon. I'm out of my house. My my Pookie League. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh. yeah.